Hey, everybody. You know, Mark and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and as addicts in long-term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, heal betrayal trauma, and reclaim your relationship. And we've poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first-of-its-kind program for addicts, spouses, and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and the tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you've done on your journey for healing and recovery, you've never done anything like this. You know, Mark and I, we've made all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Don't reinvent the wheel. We all know tomorrow never comes. Look, don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Hey, everybody, Mark and Steve on the PBSE podcast. Uh, so good to be with you. This is episode 176. And you'll see the title, If Sex is Optional, How Can a Couple Possibly Stay Connected? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> we cannot count the number of times we've been asked this question. <laughs> and in our therapy practices, we have uh, sometimes called sex fasts. You know, periods of time where couples uh, are not engaging in that. We don't have time to go into all the reasons for why that is. But we had a question come in from a PBSE listener who asked specifically about this topic. And uh, she said, hey, I've been binge listening to your podcast for a few days and uh, trying to understand my partner's addiction. I've been able to take away a ton of great stuff, but I have a question. You often say that, quote, sex is optional. I think I understand the sentiment, but is it truly reasonable that a couple can sustain a relationship without physical connection for the rest of their lives? Mm. And I love the, I actually, you and I had really had to smile when we, when we heard the extreme nature of her question, right? You can tell that this is a very important issue for them as a couple. Right, because she says, you know, is it reasonable that a couple that a, a couple could sustain their relationship with never having any physical connection whatsoever of any kind for the rest of their lives? Yes. Like, whoa, that's that's pretty black and white, all or nothing. You know, extreme. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very but much. We, there's but, there's a big difference between having sex and yeah, living no, in a box. No, no physical connection ever again, ever, ever, ever. But we, but we do appreciate this, you know, appreciate where she's coming from. Yeah. And, you know, we, we chuckle at it, but, but believe us, we've been, I've been where she's coming from and Stephen, and I, you have. Yeah. And yeah. it's a, it's a really legitimate question and it really does um, 
it really does uh, merit us getting into some detail about what this means, right? Why would, why in the world would you ever say sex is optional? You know, mm. what the heck is that all about? And, and how does it work? Why, why is it important to even go to that place at all? You know, mm. maybe we can, maybe we can, maybe we start with why we even use that phrase. Uh, sex being optional. Yeah. Sex is optional. Cause that comes up in our, in our work with clients all the time. Yeah, no, let's, let's do, we, let's, let's talk about it. Um, I, I guess the first reason, and, and Mark and I would say this because we both can speak from realistic experience about it. Um, before we started today, I thought about coining a term. We are both sex dependents or recovering sex dependents, or as I'm terming it, sex pendants. Um, yeah. Recovering sex pendants. Re- recovering sex pendants. Um, <laughs> we both emotionally, physically, and otherwise felt like we could not exist without sex. Absolutely. And it, and it went far beyond just that physical dependency. Emotionally, it was even a bigger tie. Um, we talk oftentimes on here and on our dare to connect program about how, we used to live and die by sex in terms of frequency, in terms of position, in terms of passion level and how often, right? All of those things became essentially emotional relationship gauges for Mark and I, and yeah. for many of the guys that we work with. If the sex is frequent and awesome and new in a different position every day of the week, then man, we're having an awesome, awesome week and we're, and we're having a great marriage. But if we've gone a week or two weeks, or it's quote unquote stale, or quote unquote the same old thing, then we must be on the brink of you know destruction, marital destruction. And uh, so we so we definitely speak from both sides, having been from one side to the other. Um, I mean, I guess for me, when I look at the at at the at at sex being optional, and this is just gospel according to Steve for a second, so bear with me. But sex being optional for me. Sex has to be optional for me because if it's not optional, then I am led around by it. Mm-hmm. The degree to which I, one thing we teach in our dare to connect program all the time is the degree to which I need something is the degree to which I cannot choose something. Need and choice have opposite inverse relationships with each other on the, on the same subject. The more something is needed, the less someone can choose something. I can't choose which air to breathe. I just have to breathe oxygen. It's 100% need, 0% choice. It's oxygen or death, right? And the degree to which I need or am beholden to sex is the degree to which I, I cannot choose sex. Or now, now, that's the first part because that's that's the sexual component, right? But I know the next piece that we're going to get into because there's a whole, I could do a whole podcast on what I just said. But the other piece of this, right, is that we need to separate sex from just physical connection in general, because they are not the same. Right. Well, and I can, I want to add something to that. I mean, my addiction was so deep and so dominant that I became in my life, what I call sex centric. Mm, Everything revolved around sex. Everything was interpreted as sexual, right? I would just see plain old people and plain old situations in, in my life around me. And my addict brain would immediately put a sexual template over that. I would, in, my brain would interpret everyone and everything as having some sexual connotation, right? Mm-hmm. It's the old ink block, you know, the ink blob test in psychology shows, show somebody an ink blot. What do you see? Right. And they'll say, Oh, I see, you know, I see, you know, some part of the, of the physical anatomy or I see right. The joke was that you could show anybody a little ink blotch 
And a guy who's obsessed with it would see something sexual, no matter what it looked like. It wouldn't mm. matter. And that was very much true for me, sex centric, everything and everyone. So that's where you get to the place, like you said, it's no longer a choice. It's a need. It's a filter. It's an interpretation. It's a, it's a, it's a central focus of life. And in order for me to break out of that to where I had, I started to have a choice again, I had to get to the place whether I could accept that is sex optional in your life. If it isn't optional, then you're going to continue to, to have the nose, you know, the ring in your nose being led around by it basically every minute of every day. Yes. So it has to be optional if I want to be healthy. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that sentiment, right? If if I can't again, if I am if I if something is a requirement, it it limits to some degree my my capacity to choose it. And yeah. I have just speaking to my experience and I know Mark this reflects you as as guys coming from two opposite sides of that coin of being on both ends of the spectrum, the only way sex has be able, been able to become a healthy part of my life is as it's taken on that optional role. Yeah, right? I would agree as it becomes an enhancement to everything else, as opposed to a requirement for, you know, day-to-day -day functioning and day-to-day -day living. So well, because look at all the things that were connected to sex for, for us today's oh, stressful, yeah. sex to, today's hard, go to sex as an outlet to, to cope and to soothe and to escape. Yeah. Uh, it became, it became connected to everything to, How to celebrate today. It makes oh, my yeah. problems go away. It's how I celebrate the day. Yeah, things went good. Okay, sex. Things aren't going great. Okay, sex. Um, whatever, yes. right? I'm bored. Yes. I'm bored out. I'm lonely. I'm stressed. I'm hungry. I'm tired. Sex. Yes. Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. So it, it, it would be, it is important to, to, again, to note that physical connection, sex is a part of physical connection, but sex is not physical connection. Right. right. There are lots of ways to connect physically, sexually, and non-sexually. Romantic and non-romantic. Mark and I would absolutely front and get behind. There's lots of research to show out there that physicality is a critical component to the human condition. Without it's question. huge. It's yep. huge. We are wired for connection. We are wired for touch. We are touch beings, touch-based beings. That's, that is absolutely critical. But there is a whole spectrum of way to meet physical needs with sex just being one, one element of that at the apex top. Right. Mm -hmm. It's true. It is a very con or can okay, can be because we're going to get into that in a second. It has the potential <laughs> to be incredibly connecting and incredibly building. And it is extremely intimate and vulnerable. But it by no means is the only way we can be vulnerable with one another. One of the things we talked about in our Dare to Connect program just a little while ago was uh, we were talking about different forms of intimacy. And Mark's going to talk about that in a minute. But we were talking specifically about physicality and what what represents what when it comes to physicality for each partner, right? Each of us have come wired with a template based on our life experience, based on, on, on who we are as people about what holding someone, someone's hand means and the impact that it has on a person. What does that feel like? What does that signify? What does that represent? In what context does it mean? What, right? Same is true for hugging, for kissing, for, sitting next to each other on the couch for being just present with each other in close proximity to another person, right? There are all of these other forms of physicality that we as human beings engage in with this sexual component, this romantic sexual component, just being one. Yeah. Just being, so we one need to, we need to recognize that. Yeah. In fact, you know, one of the things we've talked we talk about a lot in our dare to connect program 
You know, we talk about the fact that there are, for example, eight different areas of human intimacy, relationship Mm, intimacy, eight of them. And only one of those eight is sexual. There's Mm, seven others, seven other ways that we intimately connect as couples. And we go into great detail on the, uh, with regard to each of those in our dare to connect program, especially as we work with couples, you know, so uh, if you're if you're having trouble knowing what is there with regard to physical connection and intimacy outside of sex, that would be a great reason to come over and join us in Dare to Connect, so that you can learn how to become much more holistic, and inclusive, and 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 expansive in how this works in your relationship. You know, yes. So you, if you want to know more about that, come over and and see us over at uh, DareToConnectNow.com. You get a two 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 week free trial. Come and check it out. Come and see what we do over there. This is very much in the space that we're that we're in all the time what we're talking about today. Absolutely. Love to have you guys come join us. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, there's 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 so in other words, guys, if we just look at even just this one area of intimacy, there's such a depth to it. Now that does bring up another point that we need to mention, and we talk about this all the time. But sex is not always intimate. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. How many right? <laughs> how many people listening have had sex that wasn't intimate? Lots of people have, yeah, I, I, we say all the time, lots of people have sex. Comparatively few, I think, have intimacy. Mm, There's a a big difference between those. Um, Sex is what happens in a moment of lust in the backseat of a car late at night, you know, to Josh Groban or whatever. Intimacy is something that is cultivated, that's grown, that that is expressed between two people. It's something that is cultivated and really in, in the healthiest form, we would argue, in the seven other areas, with the eighth area of physical intimacy coming along and following up and cementing, reflecting, echoing that. Right? Yeah, yeah. We're 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 coming together to connect in those other seven areas. And the sexual part is just a natural outflow of that connection we're having in all those other ways. It's, a, it's an icing on the cake in the in the intimate relationship. The physicality in general, right? Making, 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 allowing that to become an actual part of one's intimacy as opposed to, you know, something completely separate or something that that is delved in. I mean, we're just going to come out and say it. We we work with couples of all kinds, ways, shape, and forms. Mark and I, we've been doing this a long, long time, personally and professionally, and and we are all too aware that at least speaking to American culture. Uh, we have gotten this whole sex versus intimacy thing pretty skewed and out of balance. Yeah. Um, you know, we live, we, 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 we live in a culture where, you know, date number three is kind of date. I had a guy say, say once date number three is where I want to be. Right. That's, that's, that's sex. Right. If, if we, we nail the first two dates and things go okay and nothing's wrong, well then sex is on the table or close to on the table and, and not from a, a conservative or or religious perspective from what mark and i know about intimacy how it works how it's expressed how to stay authentic versus how to not as experts as not just as experts in not just what it looks like to be authentically connected but also as experts in what it looks like to be completely inauthentically connected <laughs> well and the, and the and the big mistake you see made and i made it um in relationships is we we push we push the the sexual side of the relationship prematurely totally before we've developed the emotional intimate connection in the relationship 
Yep. Right. You should always lead out with the emotional connection, the emotional authenticity, the emotional vulnerability. And as you build that, and as it becomes more uh, evolved and more complete and it's growing, you have the sexual side, follow it. How many people do we see that reverse that they lead oh, out with the sex and then they, then they become very disgruntled and disappointment when the emotional intimacy never comes or comes, you know, very weakly or yeah. disjointedly and like, how come we're not connected? Right. We just, we just had somebody reach out to us a couple of weeks ago through PBSC where they said, yeah, we, we got together and the first four months of the relationship was amazing and incredible. And we were so connected and the sex was great. And then this was a partner, she said. And then all of a sudden he started to become disinterested mm, and he started to kind yeah. of close off. And, and, I, and I'm like, what happened? What happened to the connection we had? And if you, take, if you step back to look at that, their emotional connection, their, their spiritual connection, their intellectual connection was was weak or not even developed at all sure yeah and we absolutely see, we see that reversed all the time and there are so many ways in which that in which that reversal causes problems far too many to be able to talk about here uh d2c again great resource to get into that more <laughs> more deep um but but anyway what kind of moving well, on from that and, and as, as we the, say all that we i know that there's going to people are going to say oh these two guys are just a bunch of conservative religious wackos right they oh, don't sure. believe in sex <laughs> sure. that could not be farther further from the truth oh no we work with our with our clients all the time about enhancing and deepening and working on their sexual relationship right helping Absolutely. them become more exciting more adventurous more amazing so in no way are we trying to say that at all we're no, just trying to say there is a healthy space for it and there is a there are steps to building that part of the relationship. And if you take them out of order or unbalanced or with too heavy a focus on one thing while eliminating the others, you're setting yourself up for, for great challenges and disconnection. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm glad that you say that. Well, kind of getting back as we're wrapping up here is we need to definitely get to this question. So is, is it optional? We would absolutely argue that, that it is optional, but again, that doesn't mean that, that by because as you indicated at the beginning here, Mark, there was kind of a an all or nothing black or white layout, mm -hmm. right? Of it's either sex or or physical, you know, physical distance in every way, shape, or form. And is is sex an, an optional component of relationship? We would argue yes. We work with couples and clients every day. I can think about people in my practice right now who carry and struggle with serious physical limitations. Mm -hmm. emotional and mental obstacles and barriers, sometimes they're trauma-based, that all inhibit physical intimacy to a full, a full extension of sexual intercourse for a variety of reasons. And that's pretty consistent. Yeah, right? I, I actually know quite a number of, not just in my practice, but quite a number of people personally, and I'll just name them very quickly. And this will sound crazy to some people, but I have a very close friend where early in their marriage, they were having trouble sexually. They went into their medical doctor and there were a bunch of tests. It was actually discovered that his wife is allergic to him. If they have intercourse, she has a severe allergic reaction to her husband. Can you imagine? So they've not mm. been able to have intercourse their entire marriage. She, her, she, her life is literally at risk if, if, they, if they come together that way. Mm -hmm. So yeah. they've been married. They've been married almost fifty years now. 
and their marriage is not, in, not involved that part of the relationship. It can't, but they have this beautiful, romantic, hold hands, hug, kiss, you know, this wonderful romantic relationship, but it does not include many parts of sex. So how have they been able to stay close and be friends and have this wonderful intimacy all these years with that being the case? Right? I, have, I have another friend who basically his wife developed early onset dementia and she went into an almost coma-like state for 10 years. He took care of her. Imagine 10 years, she was an invalid. And yeah. I would say they had one of the most beautiful, connected, compassionate, loving relationships I've ever seen. Yeah. So how is that possible? Yeah, I would absolutely agree. I would absolutely agree. Guys, there are so many, so many different levels and depths to exploring connection in, in, a, in a committed relationship. Um, frankly, it goes exponentially deeper than most of us even realize or, or, or are connected with. Mark and I are, are recovering shallow guys. Our, our whole lives used to revolve around sex and orgasm and when is it going to happen and how and where and with who. And we, we definitely reference with that world. But having moved to a different place, we can tell you that there's, a, there are, there's just so much nuance to all these different ways of connecting. Mark mentioned those eight areas of intimacy. Relationships can have a, a richness to them that if done in the right way, you know, kind of takes things to the next level in terms of just their depth and their scope and how far they can go. And, and uh, we would love to have you guys come join us. We'd love to talk to you more about that, how we do that with couples and, and with uh, individuals every single day. Um, lots, lots more to cover. We hope that you'll consider joining us on D2C. We, we love and appreciate you guys. We've got a bunch of uh, submissions lately lined up. <laughs> Yeah, we're upcoming do. episodes. So we're, we're excited more, to, to be talking about stuff. some good things. Yep. We're we're heading into the summer months. We know that's a hard time for a lot of those who struggle for different reasons. So we'll be sure to keep an eye to that as we move forward answering questions and addressing issues as well. But as always, yeah, let's thank uh you. let's yeah, give an assi- let's give an assignment. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot the assignment. Yeah, so sorry about that. Assignment. Let's I close apologize. up with an assignment for all of you about we even this. made a note and I forgot. You know, <laughs> if sex is optional, how can a couple possibly stay connected? The yes, yes. Podcast. So we want to give all of you an assignment. This is this assignment's going to involve what might be some uncomfortable, awkward vulnerability and authenticity mm-hmm. as you as you sit down. We invite you to sit down and talk about that physical intimacy, sexual side of your relationship. What does that mean for each of you? Right? How do you feel about it? Is it fulfilling? Is it not? What ways could it be better? What ways are is it good? Have you right? Have you ever actually had a talk about that? Our sexual relationship. How do you feel about it? Right? Mm-hmm. You. Where are the gaps? Where would you like to see it go? What are some of the sexual things that we in, we engage in together as a couple right now? What do they mean to you or to each of us? I mean, I'm going to be bold. So when we have, for example, oral sex, what does that mean to you? Yeah. What does that does signify? It, what does that mean to you? Or do you feel safe? Is that comfortable? Is it healthy? Right? Really daring to sit down and talk about all the various aspects about this. And here's a big, big question. Boy, if somebody had asked me this one, I would have just kind of looked at them like a deer in the headlights. If your relationship for some reason were to suddenly be completely absent of sex, let's say it wasn't possible, like some of the friends I've told you about, if that part of your relationship was suddenly off the table, where would your relationship be? 
Would it still be close? Would it still be fulfilling? Would it still be intimate? Would it still be connected? And why or why not? Right? These, mm-hmm. are, these are great questions to look at. Yes, absolutely. Mark, thank you for bringing up the assignment. I was about ready to wrap us up and we <laughs> talked about all of it. Well, thanks everybody again for tuning in. As always, if you'd like to have uh, questions answered here on the podcast, you're welcome to reach out to us. Questions, comments, and feedback at pbscpodcast.com. And again, for more information about taking recovery to the next best level, we would argue, uh, head over to daretoconnectnow.com. Take a look at the two-week free trial there. Come join us and see what the buzz is about. Uh, You will be glad you did. Uh, We love you. We appreciate you. Have a great rest of your day, and we will catch you next week. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Everything expressed on the PBSC podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.